Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Rick J, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, October 11th, 2021. We are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter Working with Others on page 90, the second paragraph, beginning with, if there is any indication, we are reading and commenting on that paragraph only. Today's readers are Gina F. for the 12 Steps, Melissa W., the 12 Traditions, and our big book readers are Julie R. in the text, Susan S.H., A Vision for You, and Sandy C. is our backup reader. Our newcomer reader is Leon B., and our second-hour moderator is Maria F. The reference number for Sunday, October 10th, 2021, is 17,000. 897. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting for our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. Overeaters Anonymous is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth, uh, our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Gina F. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Gina F., compulsive overeater from Connecticut, the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And I pass. Rick J., we're not hearing you. Rick, press star one to unmute your phone, please. Rick J. 
Okay, let me pull up the script. Okay, I'm back. One moment. I just got uh, I got uh, cut off. My my line went dead here. Sorry, I'm up in the Outer Banks and I'm a little bit um, uh, iffy on my connection. Sorry about that. Okay, you're clear now, uh, Gina. Just finished reading the twelve steps. We're clear. Okay, awesome. Thank you very much, Gina. I will now ask Melissa W to read the twelve traditions. Good morning, everyone. Melissa W. Grateful to uh, be recovered uh, compulsive overeater in New York. Uh, the 12 traditions of overeaters anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal uh, recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OAS such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me serve. Okay, thank you, Melissa. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, at the end of which I will give you a gentle reminder. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speaker, should be muted. Today we resume our study of chapter working with others in the big book on page 90, the second paragraph, beginning with, if there is any indication, and we are reading and commenting on that paragraph only. I will now ask Julie R. to begin reading. Hi, thanks, Rick. Julie R. Recovered Compulsive Overeater. If there is any indication that he wants to stop, have a good talk with the person most interested in him, usually his wife. Get an idea of his behavior, his problems, his background, the seriousness of his condition, and his religious leanings. 
You need this information to put yourself in his place to see how you would like him to approach you if the tables were turned. Again, I'm Julie R., compulsive overeater. So, you know, an indication, and, and I like that because it's like, how serious is he, right? The behaviors, you know, for us, you know, it could be gaining large amount of weight. It could be uh, being underweight. It could be, you know, going on a diet, stopping, starting the depression, the anger, not being able to, like for me, you know, couldn't fit in Disneyland rides with my kids. So what are my behaviors, the depression that comes with the compulsive overeating for me? Um, what kind of problems did did I, you know, encounter in my life because of my weight? You know, having to, um, you know, get a pay for two seats maybe on an airplane. All of those things that that somebody could see that there was something going on with me if they actually really looked close enough. You know, am I, is, is my situation serious? Or do I just have, quote, unquote, a little weight problem, right? Because it's not about the number of pounds you have to lose. It's, you know, the greater aspect of our disease, right, is our obsession. So it's like, you know, how do we get the family involved? It's a little, you know, different with OA. It could be, but I know for my husband, he wanted to know about the disease. He met me then. He met me when I was abstinent. So he went to a couple OA meetings so that he could understand this disease that I had. Um, and, you know, it changed his life forever. Uh, he said he would never again look at an overweight um, woman because there's mostly women in the meetings, the way that he looked at them before. Um, you know, and I think back, you know, with Bill um, making that phone call and he had talked to somebody, you know, Henrietta, who knew Dr. Bob, you know, was Dr. Bob done? So he wouldn't have that conversation with Dr. Bob to see the seriousness of his disease after he got off the phone and found out about him. You know, because if somebody is just, if they haven't hit their bottom or if they're not close to their bottom, having a conversation with them, you know, might spark something for later. But it's like, you know, we got to really see, is this, does this person really want to stop? Are they good and, and done? Are they ready? Um, you know, somebody in this, they used to attend this meeting, says they come in by the thousands, but they leave by the 999s. So there's a lot of people out there that, that do mean business, but yet they're not ready. Um, I don't, you know, I know for me, I don't talk to the families. Um, I have talked to spouses a couple of times, but usually I don't do that. What I do is that my doctor has my phone number, and she lets me um, talk to people who, before they have the surgery, to see if I could, um, you know, let them know about OA, if there's other things that they can do. So, um yeah, you know, this is reminds me to give my doctor a call because she hasn't sent anybody my way lately. And with that, I will pass. Thanks. Rick J., you're not being heard. Okay, thank you so much. Before we get our first group of names, just a reminder that although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Please give me your first name only and the first initial of your last name. Who would like to share on what was read today? Teresa P. Okay, Irene Teresa. B. Irene B. Irene B. Okay.
All right. Who else besides Teresa P. and Irene B. would like to share on what was read today? Rachel K. Rachel K. Okay. Anyone else? Bonnie B. Bonnie B. All right. Anybody else want to get in this first group? A good time to jump in here, especially if you haven't shared before. Lisa B. Good morning, Lisa. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Who was that from Utah? I heard somebody from Utah, but I didn't get your name. Okay, well, here's who we have to get us started. We have Teresa P., Irene B., Rachel K., Bonnie B., and Lisa B. All right, Teresa, you are up, followed by Irene B. Go ahead, Teresa. Hi, I'm Teresa P. from California. Uh, very grateful, recovered compulsive overeater. You know, and it's, it's certainly um, a good thing for me to know what my uh, disease is, uh, as I always, I always did have a problem, but I didn't know what my what my problem was. And uh, I like this um, that indication that they that they truly want to um, quit and talking to talking to the family, talking to the family. Well, you know, I, I've never talked to the family. Um, I rarely meet uh, family members. Uh, this hasn't been uh, something I've done. Uh, well, no, it just has. Well, you know, they just hadn't heard that. But you know, it would be truly good to know something about the person. But what you know, but since I don't do that, what I get to do is I can always, you know, stop and listen to another person. You know, I can uh, ask God to reveal to me what I need to know, and it's just listen to what the other person is saying. If I if I listen to what the other person, they will tell me stuff, and you know, and I don't get to judge who does this and that. So what what I do is you know is, is uh, accept them and offer them the opportunity, and and then what I get to do at that point is just see if their feet follow their mouth, and um, you know. But a lot of times people say yes, 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 and then they don't call, or they call. You know, they call once and then they they uh, don't, or somewhere along the line they just disappear. And the important thing for me to remember is that what I'm doing is being of service, and that's what I get to do. And that and for each person that calls me, is they're helping me probably more that I'm helping them. One of the things I do with my um, people that call me now is thank them for helping my recovery because they truly are. And and I'm grateful for that opportunity. So my part is just to keep suiting up and showing up and uh, taking the calls and, you know, um, being a big good guy. And that's what I get to continue doing. Thank you for letting me share that time. Thank you so much, Teresa. All right, Irene B., you're up, followed by Rachel K. Go ahead, Irene. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Irene B., 
by the grace of God, a grateful recovered bulimic. Um, I cannot take my recovery from bulimia for granted. It seems like I do. Um, I love this paragraph, and so much is just coming at me. Uh, first of all, um, the gift of desperation. I cannot speak of that enough. Um, you know, hitting bottom, giving up, you know, I was bulimic for 40 years and I so desired to be recovered from bulimia. But bulimia was doing for me more than it was doing to me. It wasn't until the pain of staying in the bulimia was greater than the pain of changing that I changed in the reality is that my recovery from bulimia was truly and truly a gift of God because God is gracious in um, in a way that I cannot fathom. I give him one ounce and he gives me back a kilo. He is amazing. But until I had hit rock bottom, the food was doing for me more than it was doing to me. And in working with sponsees, uh, I felt like a complete failure because people quit calling, fell out, or just, you know, they didn't want to do the work that that it takes because it does take work. It's simple, but it takes work and commitment to work this program. It takes a real desire. You have to work this program like your hair's on fire for you to stick with it. Otherwise, you're going to fall by the wayside. And perhaps I I should speak from the I position, but, you know, uh, for inpatient eating disorders program, four outpatient eating disorders program, approaching 40 therapists over my lifetime. And it wasn't until I hit rock bottom and then that God did this miracle. And and, and I was faithful in the fact that he delivered me from bulimia for the first 28 days. And then after that, it's like, okay, what are you going to do with this gift? Are you going to throw it away or are you going to work on it? And it's like, oh, my gosh, here's my opportunity to be free from this monster within me. Gentle reminder. And I just thank God for the program and for you all. And with that, I pass. Thank God I'm recovered from bulimia. Thank you so much, Irene. Rachel Kay, you are up, followed by Bonnie B. Go ahead. Rachel. Hi. Thanks, Rick. This is Rachel Kay, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Northern California. And um, yeah, I knew there wasn't going to be a rush of people to share on this paragraph because, you know, we talk about the family and talking with the family. And, you know, my first thought, I don't know about y'all, is like, we don't do that now. You know, we're, this is different. We're, you know, and but, you know, why is that true? I think, at least for me, I don't want to speak in broad generalizations about, you know, what's happened to OA or whatever, but we're we're definitely 
anonymous, but we're not a secret society. Um, and I think um, sometimes for me, I overlook opportunities to do service, to serve, um, which is really basically just saving my own butt, because if I don't do service, then I don't have a chance in hell of uh, hanging on to the recovery that's been so graciously been given me by God. Um, you know, I overlooked those opportunities out of, you know, just under the guise of, you know, taking care of myself or, you know, not, not, you know, uh, compromising my own anonymity, et cetera. But, um, but anyway, I'm probably not making sense, but in a, in a broader sense, um, yeah, that this is, we're not secret. We need to not be afraid of, you know, meeting families. Uh, and I've met families before, not under these particular circumstances, but, and, and people have met, you know, I've had sponsees meet my family before. Um, I had sponsees go to my graduation party um, and meet my parents. And, and um, that this, I mean, families are so involved in our disease. Why isn't there more involvement? I mean, I don't expect families necessarily or my parents to quote unquote get what this disease is, but you know, we didn't we didn't become or grow up as compulsive overeaters in isolation. So there are others involved. And this also made me think of what lengths the original 100 were willing to go to to do service and i was asked to do a service commitment yesterday that i turned down and yesterday when i was doing my 11th step nightly review and i was looking at where i was selfish i was like hmm yeah you could do that service commitment you know and so today uh, i'm committing to to call that person and say you know what I prayed about it and thought about it, and yeah, I can do that um, because those first 100 are just an example to me of that gift of desperation of how Gentle far reminder. they were willing. To, thank you. I'll wrap up, Rick. Uh, how far they were willing to go to hang on to this precious, precious gift that that I've been given, that they were given, and now I've been given. So with that, I'll pass. Everybody have a good day. Thanks for your service. Thank you so much, Rachel. Uh, Bonnie B., you're up, followed by Lisa B. Go ahead, Bonnie. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Rick, for your service. I'm grateful for the paragraph, yeah. Um, maybe a different tone than some of the others, but um, this paragraph to me screams of relationship. And um, isn't that what we're longing for? <laughs> isn't that what we did was try to fill ourselves up with everything but... So when I think about this and I think about people I've had the opportunity to reach out to or um, to chat with, my first intention isn't to talk about OA. My first intention is always to listen, to listen. You know, I think we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. And so to listen, to, to, to get a feel for where they're at, to accept them for where they're at, no strings attached, um, to be incredibly mindful that God has them exactly where they're supposed to be and I don't get to judge. You know, my greatest desire um, whenever I have a chance to speak with someone is to breathe life over them, and that just means living in recovery. 
It just means offering them um, my care and my concern, regardless of whether or not they line up with what I think they need to line up with. So offering time with no strings attached. You know, getting to know them, getting to know their behaviors, their problems, their background, all of that requires time. And isn't the time the isn't time the like the um, the hardest thing to give up at times because we're just so busy doing everything else. So grateful for this paragraph. It just reminds me that it is a relationship. It really is. What people long for is relationship. They don't want to know how much I know. They want to know whether or not I care. And that's what I desire to bring to the table. So thank you so much, everyone. Thanks for letting me share. And have a blessed day, you guys. I pass. All right, Bonnie. Thank you. All right, Lisa B., uh, you're up next. And then we'll take another group of names. Go ahead, Lisa. Good morning, Rick. Thank you so much for your service and everybody that's here. My name is Lisa B., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina. And, um, you know, this whole chapter is so important to me because my very life depends on my working with others, learning, learning how to do this. And it, and it, is, it is kind of a skill, really, and it gets, you know, better with time and the more I practice. And I find listening to podcasts, you know, on the doctor's opinion and those things so helpful because that, that's how I'm going to try and share with others. So it says, if there is an indication he wants to stop, that's so important to me, but I can't just launch into it. Um, and I heard a, a wonderful AA speaker say, my role is to comfort the, I forgot what it is, comfort the uncomfortable and disturb the undisturbed, you know? And it tells me on page 92, in the next few days we're gonna get there, that many, many are doomed. Many are doomed who never realize their predicament, you know? So the person I'm speaking with could be in a slow boil in that water and not even know it. So I do want to disturb them by sharing my experience, strength and hope and you know, my journey of how I minimized things. And I never believed I could get recovered. I, I did not believe you could ever, ever get recovered from this illness of compulsive overeating. Um, but I'd like to talk to them and ask them questions like, well, how did you discover a vision for you? Um, and listen to their answer. And sometimes I'll even come right out and ask, like, well, are you a real compulsive overeater? And, you know, I'm surprised. Sometimes there's a pause. There's a big pause there. And they'll say, you know, I don't know. So then then I have something to go on. Um, and I, I like to find out about their background. What are some of the things they tried? But, you know, sometimes they don't want to talk. So I'll talk about myself. And that's what my sponsor did with me. She just talked and went on and on and on about, herself and I loved that because I was able to identify in and then the other saying that's coming to my mind is you know if it's still fun I'm not done you know are they here just because maybe they had a a bigger binge than usual and they had some stomach pains but you know they're not they're not really wanting to put everything down so um and I also have to pray the whole time I'm on the phone with them for guidance and discernment and I, I sometimes will even like to go on Zoom with them. You know, if we've had a few talks, I'd like to meet on Zoom and maybe read step one out of the AA 12 and 12 together. And I can look in their eyes and see their face, you know, because sometimes I'm judging them and I'm being harsh in my thoughts of them. But when I see them face to face, you know, I see the pain, I see the terror. And, you know, God can soften my heart and help me 
to be useful. And that's it. I just want to be useful. I just want to be useful and share my experience, strength, and hope. But I have to let go of like my motive, my motive to get a sponsor, you know, I have to let go of that. I just want to plant seeds. And sometimes it's just to disturb the undisturbed. Sometimes they're like in a coma and they don't even know it. And I can sometimes puncture. I could put a little puncture in there, you know, and, and sometimes people don't want to hear it and they, they bristle. So anyways, I'm, I'm glad to be here. And the final thing is, you know, to share with them, it's not about the food. It's about the spiritual awakening, but the food has to be down, you know, to get that spiritual awakening. So with that, I pass. Thanks, Rick. Sorry, I went over. Thank you so much, Lisa. Before we continue with our second group of names, we are in the chapter Working with Others in the Big Book on page 90, the second paragraph beginning with, if there is any indication, we are reading and commenting on that paragraph only. And although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Who else would like to share today? Scott S. Jen A. Jen A. Perry A. Oops, got a little uh, audio knot there. Let's uh, back it up just a minute and help me unravel this. Patty B. Is that Patty B? Patty D, yes. Is that B as in boy or D as in David? D as in diamond. Okay. Loretta H. Loretta H. Gina Sam from Utah. Okay, who is that from Utah? A Gene S. Like Sam. Gene S. Okay, Gene. All right. And then there was Thank another you. one right with you, Gene. Leah T. Is that Leah? Yes, Leah T. Connecticut. Leah T. Okay, let's uh, stop right there. And uh, here's what I have. And then we'll probably have. Uh, room for uh, a couple more. I've got Scott F, Jen A, Patty D, Loretta H, Jean S, and Leah T. Scott, go right ahead. You'll be followed by um, Jen A. Go ahead and unmute Scott. Uh, Scott, we don't hear you. If you could go ahead and press star one to unmute yourself. Oh, that was a challenge. Okay. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yep. Gotcha. Okay, great. Good morning. This is Scott S. I'm from Florida, and I'm grateful in recovery in OA. This reading speaks to me of the responsibility of being a sponsor. It's not just something I pick up and just do. It's... I have a huge responsibility. Um, I am working with folks that probably are coming into the program from other programs or have reached that desperation in their lives. They've come to the realization that they are looking for a solution to their problems. And just as a big book talks about, there, you know, through all the different stories, there isn't a sponsor that, or sponsee that has you know, the same as another sponsee. We're all different people. We all come from different experiences. We all have different things in our in our lives that, you know, push us into addiction. And as a sponsor, the first thing I need to do is I need to listen. 
I really need to listen to that sponsee and really understand where they're coming from in their addiction. I can't just start saying, you know, let's just start working the steps without understanding what we're working toward. Everybody is different. So for me as a sponsor, I want to take that time to really understand the sponsee and what they're dealing with. And then slowly, slowly try to explain to them where their life is, how unmanageable it is, and then start showing them the blueprint of the big book through, you know, having a spiritual connection to taking inventory to making amends, doing all the things that we do as successful people in recovery. We don't actually have a cure for this disease of food addiction. We only recover one day at a time. We have a daily reprieve because we work these steps and we work them rigorously. So for me, this speaks to listen to the people that are in recovery, that are coming in recovery, share with them the message of the big book and work with them on a daily basis to help them achieve their goals. And with that, I pass. Thank you. All right, Scott. Thank you so much. Jen A., you are up, followed by Patty D. Go ahead, Jen. Hey, good morning, Rick. This is Jen A., recovered um, in Colorado today. Wow, you know, I don't get to read this chapter working with others very often because it's not um, where I get with people, right? Like, And I remember when I first um, got to this chapter, I read it maybe once <laughs> and then started working with people and, and going about my own business. Um, so it's really good for me to go back and review, 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 um, you know, how it's laid out here. And I love how it's laid out. And this paragraph is super important for me, super important for me to listen um, to the line today. Why? Because I need to listen. I am so good at gabbing. I got the gift of gab. I like to talk about the program. I want to tell you how it saved my bacon. You know, I get passionate and excited about it. Why? Because I'm living a life today that I've never lived as a result of Overeaters Anonymous and finding God. And, uh, you know, in this paragraph, it tells me five things. But before it does, in the last par- paragraph, it tells me I need to be patient. And that's the whole thing. Patience for me is a hard thing. It's something that I'm, you know, God's working on me on a daily basis, but listening is even harder. And like, uh, like the previous share just said, it's all about listening for me. So what do I need to do? I need to listen for five things. One, their behaviors. Did they eat like I ate, you know? Um, and, and, and that's, and, and it might be the same and it might not be. Um, what are their problems? How did they pile up on them? Page 52, the the bedevilments, those nine questions of unmanageability. I don't have to ask them. I just have to be listening to them. So I better know what those nine questions are. What was their background? Where they came from? What's the seriousness of their condition? And you know what? Their serious of their condition doesn't have to be like me. Maybe they weren't a compulsive overexerciser. Maybe they didn't kill themselves with pills and needles and potions. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But I'm just listening for what, what hurts them and how got, they got here. Um, and then their religious leanings. Why? Because it's super important because people were talking about God, higher power, spirit of the universe. And I need to know how they're going to be, how I'm going to be able to approach them. So God's giving me the ability to listen, to be patient, and just, you know, how I'm supposed to approach them. I don't know, but I prayed this morning for the intuition on how to carry things out today. So when I'm working with others, hopefully I'm going to be given that gift. 
So I'm just really grateful that we read line by line, paragraph by paragraph, and we go back and read this because I need to hear this. I need to be reminded that it's my job to be patient. Even though I'm like probably the biggest cheerleader for Overeaters Anonymous, I still need to lean back. I need to listen. I need to love the person right where they're at. And I need to let God guide this, not me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Jen. Patty D., you were up, followed by Loretta H. Go ahead, Patty. Hi. Good morning. My name is uh, Patty. I am a bulimic. I live in Chicago. And I want to thank you for your service and everyone's share. I have a very different experience hearing this because I am very new to um, this program. Well, not super new. I've been coming in and out, but I have not sponsored anybody or anything. But hearing this, um, it gives me perspective. I am so desperate to get better that when I get a sponsor, I will do, I, I say I'll do anything, but I try to do everything to make them stay because I'm so afraid that they'll leave and I'll live in the disease forever. And I give, I tend to give my sponsors a power that nobody can, you know, handle that responsibility because I am just terrified. Um, And as far as the family goes, I wish someone would talk to my family um, because it's it's a challenge for, for them to understand the severity of bulimia and, um, you know, I, I feel alone in that aspect, but I know that they're doing the best they can and, um, and that's, you know, that's on them, but, but a sponsor relationship is scary for me to be super vulnerable and then to have someone not say everything that you want to hear, um, that sucks, but, I know um, as as long as I keep coming to these meetings and keep coming back and hearing what I need to hear, I can look at my sponsor as a human being, but also as um, someone that can guide me towards spiritual rehabilitation. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Patty. Loretta H., you're up next, followed by Jean S. Go ahead, Loretta. Loretta, uh, go ahead and hit star one to unmute. Good morning, Rick, and everybody on this line who saves my life every day with their service of abstinence and their shares. I love the shares this morning. Loretta H., compulsive reader, recovered in Raleigh, North Carolina, only because of God's grace, never, ever cured. I, um, this is a program of attraction, and that is what I think makes it, um, especially when we because we are, it's about our physicalness, you know, and um, so anyway, it, like everybody said, the listening, uh, the relationship, the, it's got so many aspects of this program. It's um, uh, my immunity against that first bite, uh, 
that I'm giving service for service that was given to me. And last night I had such a joy. Um, I went to my sisters who's in recovery with my sponsee. They both celebrated another birthday and another program. And here we are and my family with a, a, a sister who's in recovery, a sponsee who's in recovery, a husband, her husband's in recovery, and um, I'm in recovery. And it was such a joyous night. And we just, in fact, we spoke a lot about the big book and how it is, I mean, this program has saved all our lives, has saved my brother-in-law is 90 years old and he has 50 years of recovery in him and if between all of us we we have a over 100 years of recovery in us and because this works and it is a um program of attraction i mean it just and i'm so blessed that my first sponsor the reason i i didn't even know who she was and i wasn't even in the rooms and when she told me her story I wanted what she had and also the gift of desperation because at the end I wanted to die. But all of that is because the message is carried in your essence. If you're um, recovered, you want what that person has. I won't, you know. So anyway, I um, am so grateful that I could identify in with all of you, everybody, and that you have given me this grace of attraction and I just I'm so grateful and with that I pass happy day happy destiny thank you so much Loretta all right Jean S you are up followed by Leah T go ahead Jean hi this is Jean S a recovered compulsive overeater from Utah and um, I guess from this paragraph the thing that strikes me as person most interested in him or her and um, of course yes that would be my husband honestly for him it was the medical um, situation I was because I was pre-diabetic heading toward diabetes and though to be perfectly honest with you I didn't have to lose much weight it wasn't about the weight it was about the blood test and so um, you know that concerned him so but me being in oa is a little different story because um he he didn't quite doesn't quite and maybe still doesn't quite get the uh, compulsion of sugar and staying away from that so so it's been an education for him um, where he's um, less uh, pushy about things i can't eat anymore and um but in a sense i'm the one who educated him not so much my sponsor um but still he is the person most interested in me the other is the medical team um so i heard on this morning about a person who reaches out to her medical team uh, you know as one of the people who can be supportive to someone um who has uh, a compulsive overeating problem so i think i will that's a way to give service. I thank you for even that idea. Um, I, I think I'll, I'll mention that to my medical team because they're pretty impressed that it was OA that helped me reduce my, sh- well, get rid of the sugar 
and that my blood labs came back where I'm not even pre-diabetic. So there are people interested in me and there are ways to reach out to others. And I even hear, you know, as a sponsor from sponsees about their family, supportive family that um, is supportive to their recovery. And um, maybe I'll, I'll offer a, a phone call if they want to their most interested person. Um, because this seemed to be a chapter, a paragraph we don't do, but I have heard today that there's a way to do it, and maybe there's even more. But I'm grateful for the program, grateful for my recovery. I definitely give the glory to God, and I'm grateful that um, it's through God that we recover. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jean. And Leah T., you're um, up next, and we'll take a couple more names after that. Go ahead, Leah. Good morning. My name is Leah T. Uh, I'm a compulsive overeater in the state of Connecticut. Am I being heard okay? Read you loud and clear. Okay, great. Um, Thank you, everybody, for um, being on the line and giving service. I think the couple things really jumped out at me of today's reading you know, first of all, I'm, I'm really embarrassed to realize um, through people's shares and through the reading that even as I sponsor, I am practicing my character defects of people-pleasing, of um, wanting to have the right answer, of wanting to control outcomes. And I'm sponsoring two people right now, and you know, I'm so concerned that uh, that they be happy or that they love the program or that they be successful by however I determine what success is that I, um, I don't know if I'm good with boundaries and I'm certainly not um, practicing the uh, elements that I heard today in terms of really cultivating um, good listening as a core part of um, what that means. And so it was really, really important for me to to hear today. Um, and I'm going to go back and read in the big book so I can see how I can incorporate some of that into my being a better sponsor. Um, I think the other thing that really jumped out at me is the nature of the family in, in my disease and, and in, in in recovery. I, I don't ask people a lot about their family. Um, sometimes my sponsees share about their family. I'm just very aware of how my disease began at such a young age in the context of my family and how today um, it is my family members who suffer um, when I really am living in my disease. Um, thank you for letting me share. With that, I pass. All right. Thank you, Leah. All right. So, um we do have some uh, time for a few more shares. And just a reminder that uh, although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Uh, who else would like to share today? This is a really good time to, to get in on the meeting if you haven't Can shared you before. Penny. Hello, Penny. We've got Penny. Who else do we want to have uh, on sharing this morning? 
Excuse me, can you find us where we're... So we are, uh, yes, we are in the chapter working with others. We are on page 90, the second paragraph, beginning with if there is any indication, and we are reading and commenting on that paragraph only. All right, so we've got Penny C. Melissa W. Okay, Jackie, and then uh, Melissa W. All right, let's stop there, and then we'll see where we're at. Penny C, you're up, followed by Jackie. Go ahead, Penny. Penny, go ahead and hit star one to unmute. Thank you. I thought I was unmuted. Um, I'm Penny C. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from the Boston area. There's one sentence in what was read this morning that, that I wanted to speak about, and that's get a sense of, of their religious leanings. Um, I, I believe that's very important. And in, in the days when this book was written, religious and spiritual pretty much meant the same thing as it does to a lot of people today. I think if we look up the dictionary, we will see that they are. They are sometimes uh, synonymous in, in various dictionaries. And the way the way I came upon a way to do that is that when someone calls me, asks me if I, you know, can sponsor them or or, or someone at a, a live meeting, it's so important that that person does get a, a higher power. So I just just ask in the course of the conversation if if that that person doesn't offer, I say, what do you call your higher power? And I have I've had very good response to that. Nobody seems to get upset, you know, or or even if someone is, is an atheist, you know. And so I guide them in the way of finding a higher power. One case in, in particular, a woman called me and she told me she used to have she used to have a God in her life but uh that God was not helpful and so she had no no higher power. And so step two says, Yeah, you ha you know <laughs> We have to have a higher power. And as she talked, she she told me where she lived, which I was familiar with. She told me how that she's right across the street from where she sees the sun go down on a canal. And I said, wow. And she said, it just, oh, it just gives us such a wonderful feeling. And so we came to see that that, that very well could be your higher power. And one more thing I tell people, the big book says, we only have to be willing at the beginning to have a higher power. But that, that is really an important thing, I believe, to find out about the potential uh, sponsee. And so thank you. I'll pass. Thank you so much, Penny. All right. Um, so, Jackie, you're up next, followed by Melissa. And we're getting a little bit short on time. Um, my time management skills need a little bit of work. And I'm if you could each take two minutes. That would be awesome. So, Jackie, uh, you go ahead. Uh, You'll be followed by Melissa. Okay. Hi, I'm Jackie B. from the Bronx. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for your service and for this meeting. Um, As a sponsor, you know, I've been in this program a very long time, over 20 or 30 years. And what I've come to realize is the one thing for me in being a sponsor is to listen, 100% to listen, but to also realize 
that I'm not going to get that person clean. I'm not going to get that person uh, abstinent. I'm not going to get that person recovered. What I can offer is a way to get to that point. And that's what's important. Because I know that years ago I used to uh, make my, you know, sponsor higher power. Or I used to do exactly what they said, and God forbid I made a, a break, something would be crazy. Today, I don't sponsor like that. I do believe in the big book 100%. So, therefore, there are a couple of play, you know, sponsees that want to go through the big book different ways. So, they're already in uh, started workshops in other types of big book studies. So, I say, okay, I'll work with you with that. I am willing to share this message through the big book um, any way it needs that will make me of service to another person. I stay clean no matter what. Like it said, I stay clean because I work the program and I give of service. If I don't, then I will not stay abstinent. I will not stay sane one day at a time. And I ask my higher power for guidance. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jackie. And Melissa, you are up. Morning, everyone. Melissa W., grateful to be recovered in New York. And what I read here is you need this information to put yourself in his place to see how you would like him to approach you if the tables were turned. And that, for me, is the gift of empathy that I get in this program, that we are uniquely qualified, that my whole life I lived behind a pane of glass that separated me from the rest of the world that no one understood until I got here. This is really that love and tolerance is our code and that there is no better place that I practice this and that this was practiced with me than in these moments, in these first calls. And that this is really like, this call is I hear you and I understand. And I really felt that. I felt that on these calls. And there is this really beautiful line that they say in some meetings. And I think it, it's, it's in our invitation to you and it says, welcome to OA, welcome home. And in these calls, I felt that. Um, and that's what I read in this paragraph. So thanks and thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Melissa. Appreciate that. Um, we are right at the cusp of uh, running out of time here. I don't really think we have time for another share. so. Um, I want to thank everyone who shared. Uh, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, October 11th, 2021, is 17,900. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Susan S.H. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. This is Susan S.H. in Ohio, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come 
if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.